sometimes you achieve something like a watch steal, something that's like super risky where you can get caught and mm. getting away with it by picking a pocket mm. or something of that effect. And there's a level of adrenaline that pumps through your body to achieve something like this. In the early stages of your career, you get this adrenaline surge when you finally pull it off. Eventually, you do it so many times that the adrenaline rush doesn't hit you because you're a lot calmer about it. It's kind of like, I imagine like what a race car driver would feel like, you know what I mean? Like driving a car like super fast is probably like exhilarating to the average Joe, but for someone who is used to doing 200 mile an hour, it's probably like, oh, it's just what I do. They're guys, they do magic. magic. They are the magic guys. Oh, all right. Doug, you win. You How win. is the Insta360 link? It's like that. Can you, can you do it? That was like a, a chess cam. Is that what you we know, call so it? I was controlling it uh, uh, with my mouse. I can move it around and stuff, but there I am. All with right. The other Boot magic guys. Yeah. And I just go back to the zip. There we are. We love Damn, what's up, everyone? What is up? Welcome to episode 124 of the Magic Guys. Look at us models modeling our gear. We'll talk about that soon. But hey, I'm Josh Norbido. That's Nick K. I'll say it for oh, you. Sorry, and I'll then be- below, <laughs> we have I'm Doug Khan. Yeah, boy. We're all here. That's me. A catchphrase? Yeah, what would yours be? be like, yeah, I don't know. It'd be like, Nick K. It'd be like, what up, friends? And then it'd be like, Doug Khan is like, Con man by name. Con no, I got this. Salutations, name. kindred spirits. That's my jam. That's that right. That's mm-hmm. cute. Right. That should be a know. shirt. That should, Salutations. is it? it sh- I mean, if it isn't, it should be a and shirt. You know, I need designers. I don't have guys making fine merch. I like, I got, I got crayons and a dream, but I have, you know, I got a business plan coming together, which includes designer money. So I'm ready to shift to professionalism. Hey, yeah. People are out there, man. People are I'm out gonna there. Get some. I'm going to hire some folks. If you're a yeah. designer, look me up. Do it. Work to the listeners. Anyone prospecting out there who knows yeah. some design? It's a great you idea. Find my email if you care enough. Because not there. only do we have designers for the podcast, but we also have animated animated designers as well. Brother, you know what? Let's I'm check ready it out. to work. I'm ready. <laughs> this is from Scotty P, ladies and gentlemen, the third uh, rendition of the uh, animated oh. Doug, you'll get a kick out of this if you haven't seen it. Here we go. He had like a a massive, a massive growth spurt on on YouTube. Yeah, I went from uh, what was it like twenty k to thirty seven point six k. Just not right. So again, seventeen thousand subs. Who are Josh is out here grinding, rise and grind. I've accepted my fate. I love seeing my friends, you know, getting what they want. It's nice. I've liked your Street Magic uh, shorts. Don't you mock me. (laughs) I've enjoyed them. Oh, man, it's so good. (laughs) I just love it so much. I just love how Mars's hair just grows progressively longer and longer throughout the sketch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good work, Scotty P. Man, it really takes me back to those days. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you, Bob. Yeah, beautiful execution. It's great. Hello to everyone in here as well. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, Nick, you have a nice shirt, uh, Scotty's saying. Do you want to show the, the – yeah, look at that, baby. Look at that. For those listening, this is the new – the official new Magic Eyes merch to, you know, honor Nick joining the pod. We've got Nick right in front of the, the shirt there. And it doesn't just come in one color because you see – when you saw Doug on the chest cam, you see his beautiful blue shirt. And then I've got the uh, the white blend version. Boom. So you can really show out the uh, – the pec muscles, you know, and then you got a little, uh, to show off the bicep, you got a little hashtag there, hashtag magician life. So they're out there, people. The magicguyshow.com, it's in the link below. And I reckon we do some kind of giveaway. What do you think? I'm thinking something like over the next week, yes. every shirt that is bought, next week we'll pick one of them and maybe we give them a, uh, a magic, like a, magic voucher or something to to use that maybe hyper magic or penguin you know we'll talk about it but i think we're going to have a giveaway voucher for next hey, you week you know what i run a little jam at conjure.com i got some good retail stuff over there you know i'm happy to ship it in the states maybe international pe- people pay the shipping but you know okay let's do that if we yeah. if the person that wins is in the us maybe we'll organize for Doug to ship it out and if it's in australia then then we'll ship Win-win. it out on our, on our end Yes, I'm curious yeah. how many. I'm curious how many friends we have in between that. Like, there's quite a distance between us and the states. I mean, it's mainly the you know North Pacific Ocean, but I wonder how many folks we have like in Philippines or or on the other side, like in in like Sahara. Probably analytics everything. Yeah. Well, I should look into that. It's like mostly US Philippines, probably. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably right. Hey, I just realized it's Scotty's birthday as well. Forty three. 43 and young. Boom. You know, guys, we didn't get to talk about this before the stream. I was going to do giveaways because we've been talking about doing some retail stuff. I'm going to send Scotty my lecture package, which I've managed to get down to a packet wallet. There's uh, a couple tricks in here of mine, my lecture notes, and uh, some other swag. Scotty, please email me and we could talk about things, and I'll give you this for your birthday. And that's the way to do it. Look at what just happened. Damn. Look at that. The magic of the Magic Guys podcast. <sighs> Nick, what have you been up to in the last week, man? How, how's your week going? Man, it's been a yeah, it's been a good week, friends. We are working on a couple of really cool things behind the scene for the podcast, which uh, I'm not sure if we should announce just yet, but maybe more more exciting sort of thing to surprise everybody with next week. What do you think, Josh? Should we make a little? I, I reckon we wait. Oh, it's up to you, man. It's totally up to you. I reckon we wait till we actually, you know, it's fired up and going. I reckon right. that'll be cool. The point is, that'll be cool. Stay tuned. We have good things coming your way. Uh, we yeah, man. We can really have behind the scenes with uh, potential sponsors and really cool folks that will be backing us in the show and obviously giving uh, p- potential giveaways for all the cool listeners of the show. So please um, keep your ears peeled and your eyes open on the YouTube and, of course, on the podcast. So we have a very, very cool thing like that. Other than that, it's been life. It's been gigs. All in good fun. Is it worth talking about gig stories? Well, what about your show, man? You have a show coming up. I put the link to your show in the description, but are there any tickets actually left? Yes. Yes. Uh, I put a post yesterday on my Instagram that there is 12 tickets left. I've actually haven't promoted the show at all. Um, I was going to do it a couple of weeks leading out from the Melbourne Magic Festival. So I'm performing a show called One Chance Only, and it's basically a double billing with my good friend, Michael Pope. 
If you're not familiar with who Michael Pope is, he's this amazing performer, mentalist, he does magic. Um, and, and the main line of work that he does is he actually probably specializes more so in crowd warm-up. So he's had a lot mm. of experience in like television. And for those of you that haven't seen a lot of like studio recordings or of, of TV shows with well, the live a guy who's audience. Had some rep, huh? Oh, you bet, my friend. And so like Mike what a is good the type gig of guy. That that must that, be to be in front of a like a television audience warming up that crowd. You know, that's a regular yeah. check. It's a good audience. They're ready to be entertained. I want yeah. that gig. And I'm putting that on my list. Yeah. You know what? And it's not an easy hustle, man. Like you've got to perform in uh in a show. So like okay, so when you watch like a 30-minute show with a live audience, that it takes like two hours to film, if not longer, sometimes oh, yeah. three. You know, television is like that. Television is one of those hurry up and wait type of type. So of he's like the ambassador of goodwill during the event, then not just the warm-up. He's there during the lulls and such. Absolutely. He's there during like when there's issues no, or whatever it might be. And he yeah, and his job is to just generate vibe and keep the audience pumped the whole time. Yeah. Right. And he's been doing this, to my knowledge, for decades. Yeah, yeah amazing. Right. I, I got to do a gig. <laughs> I got to do a gig with him. Um, I did a keynote, and he was emceeing the event. What a perfect guy to have emceeing. He emceed this multi multi day real estate conference, and he could just like it was of it was like. It was this weekend, you know, a bit of fun gig because compared to TV crowd warm up, it was nothing. He would just get up, he had all these lines ready. He was performing bits of magic. He ended the conference with doing a like this prediction piece. And um, I've seen like some of his promo reels. I, I love the promo reel he has where it's like, he's like to the camera, he's like, you know, I'm Michael Pope, da 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 da. If you ever need a warm up guy, well, I'm here ready right now. He turns around, he's got this whole studio audience going, We're warming up these guys. It's like, he's the man. Yeah, yeah. So, thankfully, I, it's a double billing and I'm sharing it with Mike. So, Mike will be opening and then I'll be closing out the show. Uh, we'll be performing at the Laneway Theater. If you guys haven't seen the Laneway Theater, I implore you, look it up. It's a kind of a secret theater hidden down a laneway, funny enough. And if you haven't been, it's, it's an, it must, must experience like if you're ever in melbourne look us up and um yeah michael pope is and even and i said i knew michael pope as a kid where he used to like host kids game shows and i would see him and be like and then i'm like hey i know your face and i'm like didn't you like host like amazing or something like that or yeah there's a couple of like you know you know what is it drop the the penny just dropped for you nabito yeah like i remember seeing him uh definitely over the years on stuff Yeah, yeah absolutely and you'd never, you'd never pick it that he does magic. Um, I couldn't believe it either. When I was introduced to the MC for the event, they're like, oh, this guy, Michael Pope from Melbourne is going to be emceeing. I'm like, awesome. And then he's like, oh, I just want to check what magic, what magic you're doing in your show because like I do some magic throughout my emceeing. And when you hear that, you're like, oh, okay, like you've learned like the newspaper, Tamra Store, or you've, well, I don't know, you've learned like a quick thing as a gimmick. Uh, but no. Proper full-on patter, full-on, you know, seven people on stage, blah, 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 like randomly predicts, you know, envelopes and it spells out the company's name. I'm like, holy hell, what is going on here? Never heard of him before because he's just, you know, like in in that aspect because he just heads down, bum up, you know, a worker, but um, far out. Yeah. And the weird thing is that, like, I'm not someone who plays well with others when it comes to doing shows. I genuinely just prefer not to i was in a band for 10 years playing you know punk rock music before i ever got into 
doing magic. And what I love most about magic is that I can get to my gigs and go, oh, my drummer's not here. I don't need one. All I need is like my cards, my coins, mm. and me. And I can go and rock a show. So this is the we, first we, time we that I've been here a minute. Punk rock, huh? Yeah, you bet, man. I've Ten been a years? punk rock band. Ten yep. years of punk rock, right? Ten years of punk rock that, alternative. Man. Yeah, dude. It was great. Do you still like um, do what I still do you play? play? Well, I play I play guitar and I do backing vocals. So I was in a band called All or Nothing. All and, or um, Nothing. Yeah. And so it was basically as a kid growing up, I used to hang out by the skate park, hanging out with friends, and we all just loved the music, all picked up instruments, and yeah, we all just kind of got into it. And that was all through made high it school. Happen. So made it happen. What, what is the booking process for a punk rock band to exist for 10 years? Like that's work, right? You bet it is. And so yeah. we were we were averaging about minimum sort of two gigs a week. Uh thankfully we had a good enough infrastructure. Um, Marcus, my best friend, he had, um, a, a father with like a van and he, like, as we sort of got older, you know, he gifted the key us to success van. is having family members with vans. Well, yeah, I mean, it totally is, you know, and then eventually the we ended up like, riding the game. Yeah. Well, it, it, we ended up buying this trailer in the end. It was the, the, we had a trailer, which was actually used to transport motorcycles. And so yeah. what we did was we reinforced it with like we welded it together and we put like heavy duty padlocks and all kinds of stuff and then we would put all of our equipment in there and then i used to like haul it in my jeep i had I had a like a jeep wrangler and i used to haul that to all of our gigs and um it. yeah it was a really really good existence man um because i think in high school you're either good at sports to get girls or you're like you play a guitar which scientifically proves that you become 30 percent more attractive when you play you know what happened to me? My, my father handed me my grandfather's banjo. He said, here, son, you can have your grandfather's banjo. I was like, no, 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 let me go back to Paul Harris. I don't so, know if banjo <laughs> I works. I probably had magic music in me, but I got a banjo. I don't know if that has the same effect, right? Like the banjo, the triangle, there's probably a list of stuff that Look, isn't the like time, the recorder. Steve Martin was around playing the ba banjo. So there was some hope for banjo people to be cool. But turned yeah. out he was the only one and is still the only one that's ever cool with the banjo. But he wasn't, he was cool, but you know, because, you know, wasn't because of the millions banjo. of dollars in movies and yeah. from his stand up. And well, Billy Connolly was a banjo player as well, I think, right? And he, he had quite a successful career alongside comedy. Um, he used to play in a band called like the, the Humble, Humble Bums, I think they were called. And yeah, and he did quite well out of that. Yeah. Well, look, I, I'm learning so much already. What I'm thinking is, you know, we should make one of the stingers in our show, like that you that you compose. That's got to be a thing. You oh know, yeah, you play the, the like riff, a, and it's going to be a 14 yeah. piece symphony. <laughs> like, 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 um, you know, instead of the because we'll get to gig stories in a bit, but instead of just playing that, it should be like gig stories, magician in the night, or something of that nature. What do you I'm think, ex guys? you know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna like cut what you just said. Yeah, and it's done. It Can't put it in the can. Done. Well, look, I'm the writer, but then you gotta turn it into music. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Jeez. Yeah, anyway. So, so the show's coming up. There's currently 12 tickets left. I've posted about it. Um, I've got a lot of uh messages from from friends uh and, and fans on my gram going that they're mad because they're like not gonna be 
around. They're like, they're either going away or they're like away on business or something like that. And like, ah, and they're mad at me. So I'm sure if it goes well, that uh, I'll, I'll convince Mike to do it again. Um, and there'll be many more opportunities to perform. Uh, I've got a whole bunch of new pieces I'm working on. I've also got some old pieces that I'm thinking about doing for the last time. We might talk about that a little bit later in, in our little hot topic section, but I think that that's something worth talking about. Like, does there come a point in your career where you need to go, I'm done performing this? Yeah, that that I have bits that, that have become that for sure. We'll get into that. Yeah, I just had a thought before I lose it. Oh, yeah, uh, go go see Nick's show. Chris Annabelle's in the chat. I know you're in Melbourne. I know a few guys are in Melbourne. The link's in the description of this. You know, support our boy. Not that he needs it. He's got probably nine tickets left now, but still, you know. You'll be able to see Nick K perform and Nick K's father right next to each other. They'll be performing. <laughs> Magic. Ah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> So yeah, and buy a shirt as well. You get extra points if you're wearing one of these shirts in Nick's show. I'm sure that'll It's a super comfy shirt. It it's very nice shirt. Right? Mm, it really is. Yeah. Thank you I'm for that ad read, that. Doug. No, yeah, you're right. And especially in Australia, like it's uh what did you call it, Nick? It's like because it's a particular like breezy style of shirt. Yeah, it's a summer shirt. So yeah, it's not like I dig it. It's hot as heck right now in New Orleans. It's it's like I'm sure it is in, in Australia. So I appreciate mm. a shirt of this nature. Yeah, yeah boy. It's, it's a comfortable, breezy shirt. Really healthy. Good time. Nice. Should we get on to our uh, first segment? You bet. Let's roll. Segment. So Gig stories, magician in the... <laughs> Sorry. God damn it. <laughs> so gig stories is a section where we want to talk about not only stories that happen at our gigs, but just magic moments in general that we want to capture for posterity. So who has a story this week? Let's start with Josh this week. Josh, tell us a gig story. Boom. So uh, I only had to do one event last week and um, a couple of couple of interesting things that hadn't happened before. So number one is I think I'm addicted to making videos now because I've been making them every day. I think I'm actually addicted. So what I did was I got ready for my gig. I sat down. I shot a video. I took all the stuff with me so that I could get to the gig early. And I'm editing the video like in the car park, like in my car, like my laptop's <laughs> there. I'm like editing it. I even sent, because um, I was chatting back and forth with uh, Christopher Wayne because he's enjoying making videos as well. And um, I sent him this picture. So like, it's literally me in my car, like, editing into the night before I go and blow everyone's mind, right? And this was the uh, the 007 James Bond card trick, if you guys have seen it, which is just is a phenomenon. It's doing really well on Instagram and, you know. Love hearing you say those words. It's is like the my new first. Lappy, yeah. The new laptop, is that is that what you had in the car? Did you get a new laptop? That's it, yeah, the yeah, HP that, Spectra. Do you think that makes a difference in your creative process, being able to be like zip, zip, zap, do whatever you want? The speed is incredible. Yeah. yeah. Compared to what I was using, mm -hmm. the speed is incredible. It can hold a lot more files. So I don't always have to be constantly putting yeah. every export into a, um, what do you call it? Uh, external hard drive. So you can like, yeah. you know. Just, just having that kind of power on stuff. the go. Hell yeah. So I was just able to edit it on the go, you know. Yeah. That is kind of the most laborious task about editing videos. Like when you have to record something on a device, Take the device, plug in the device, get the files across from the device, 
these things are very laborious tasks. And then especially when you're trying to do magic where it might take 20, 30, 40 takes, who knows? It gets mm. quite difficult. So just being able to, for me, being able to record directly into a computer, directly into my editing software, that's where it's at. And that's why I'm getting myself that 360 link that you got, Doug. That is like the best investment possible. Yeah, if you, boy. If you want to record right to the computer, that's great. Absolutely. For yeah. me, yeah. the AirPlay, uh, uh, the, the the way that Apple shares its files wirelessly solves so many of those problems with, with this ecosystem I'm working in. Uh, editing on the iPad, wirelessly sending it to the Apple instantly without a hiccup every time. That's dope. And what, what I do, what do you- and what when I was editing uh, for this gig, I just I used just one of these, like a little hub. So I'll take the thing out of my camera, chuck it in here, you know, take the thing out of the roadcaster mm-hmm. for the audio. So I literally record my audio with this, um, put that in there, and then I just plug that into my laptop and everything, you know, all the files are there. Hotspot on my phone, so I can download. Um, so you're recording effects, separate music. audio. That's why your audio rocks so hard. You got to do it, man. You got to do it because I I've tried, you know, with the dead cat on the camera, but having this just out of frame is what's you know made so much difference. So so much difference, and mm. having these, having these sound deafeners, you know, you've probably seen a million of these, Nick, as man, a you musician. Told me that I yeah. forgot about that tip. So if I'm talking this way, these are all layered behind me. So my voice isn't bouncing off the wall and getting that reverby sound. So I'm, you know, trying to make it as crisp as I can. Anyway, back to gig stories. So I'm, yeah, I'm, tell the I'm like, I'm making the video on the go editing before the gig. Anyway, this is the first time, well, not the first time, but it's the first time in a while that I've had to sign an NDA just to do this gig. So like I'm, I'm going to tell you about the gig, but I can't actually tell you about the gig, if that makes sense, because I had to sign this yeah. NDA of the people that were there, the type of event it was. But it was fun. Um, but what I will say was like an annoying thing. So one was an annoying thing. We use flash paper all the time. We talked about it in last week's episode. Um, but uh, like I'm in a venue that's not a prestigious venue at all. And the security come up to me and they're like, um, hey, you can't use any fire in here. Like, we don't want to be called back again. If we see you do it again, like, don't do it again. And I like, like, it's like while I'm with a group. And so I just turn to this guy and I'm like, hey, man, I'm a professional. I'm insured to use it. I'm trained to use it. You know, it's part of my act that I'm paid to be here to do. But he just doesn't, you know, he's just doing what he's told. So he's like, doesn't, he's like, yeah, but you can't use it in here. So I'm like, whatever. So that was annoying. Like out of you know we we do this in all the you know fancy hotels, venues, casinos. Fire is not an issue. You go to a place that is, I would say, a tier down from that. Not an issue. Anyway, so that bugs me a little bit. <laughs> uh, and then um, the notable thing of the gig, apart from all that stuff, let me just think. One, no, it's gone from my head. I just had a fun time. It will probably come back to me. But anyway, Nick. What's your story? Well, you just just off your point, isn't it sometimes weird where like you'll perform at something and they're like, oh, strictly no fire, I'm like no problem, and then you rock up mm. to the event and there's candles on every table. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what the? So stupid. How do we get that? Yeah, but NDAs is a good point. We'll, let's. I think we should touch on the NDAs and the hot topic a little bit later. That's going to be a good time. Mm. But I have um I had a really interesting experience and I wasn't really sure how to to express it. So let me let me start by saying this. As you perform, 
I think magic is the only profession you can have in which when someone tells you, oh, get effed or F off because oh, their minds are blown. Oh, fuck, no effing way. Oh, get effed. Wow, that's sick. <laughs> it's the only profession where you can, someone says to you like F off, get effed. And, and it's like the highest honor you can receive in Australian culture. True. Yeah, You're true. never quite sure how to receive that, you know? Because I always want to, like, I don't know what to say back to him. I don't, what do you say? Oh, F you very much. Like, I don't know what you would say mm. back in return. So it's it's a weird way that people sort of show their love. Now, I have this routine that I'm super proud of. Um, I have my version of the Invisible Deck. If anyone's seen it, you're like, it's, it's effectively uh, where I have a group where there's three separate people choosing three separate entities of a card. One will choose the color, red or black. One will choose the suit. One will choose the value. I then produce that card open hand at the fingertips by waving my hand up and down. It appears at the fingertips. They open it up and it's the card that they collectively selected. I take it a step further because they always ask why. And then I explain to them or how. And I explain to them, I knew you were going to choose that playing card. And they're like, uh-uh. And I said, yes, because I wrote it down. And they're like, where? And I go, I wrote it down on my Instagram. Scan this QR code that's on my card box and go look at what I wrote on my Instagram before I came over to say hello. And they scan the QR code. And in my bio, it says, <laughs> I knew you guys were going to choose whatever the value of the playing card is. And I sh I've showed this to people and they've really lost their minds over it. And it's a really good piece of magic that I'm super proud of creating. Hey, I got, now, a, I got a thing for you. Like, and you may have thought about it, but what if it starts by what color back is the card? Red or blue? Oh, as in like you asked the spectator. So when the card appears, I says, oh, and one blue card appears at my fingertips. Yeah, it would be interesting to try it and see if it there is any difference. Maybe for events where you want to level it up a little. Yeah, yeah, Nick, because yeah. it's not it's not uh, nearly good enough yet. It's the color <laughs> that makes the difference. Like, well, I was performing it on Sunday, and I met this lovely couple, Mel and Martha. I remember them well, and Mel's mind was blown so hard that she couldn't speak, and what she said in return was something that just was kind of special. And she said to me, she goes, that was just so wonderful that I don't know how to show my love for it. And I've never heard anyone say that before. She's like, I don't know how to show love for what I've just seen. Like, I'm just so taken back. And I was That's like, cool. wow. That's cool. Isn't that cool? I mean, you're, you're manifesting like, a thought. That's, I wow. mean, in, in that case, <clears throat> it's so pure. <laughs> right yeah it's just like and poof, you, there's your thought yeah and you get really close yeah. to them and you go i'll give you my paypal <laughs> <laughs> that's how they can no, show but, their love money yeah, baby <laughs> yeah well sometimes people want to show love by giving you a tip or or whatever else and for me i just go like or whatever else let management know you enjoyed my oh. performance please go leave a google review or something of that effect but you yeah. know that that's a nice way to show love. But the fact that she was so dumbstruck and said in return, I don't know how to show love. Love is such a strong word. Like not, she didn't say, I don't know how to feel. I don't know how to, she just went, I don't know how to show love. And I've never experienced that before. And I just thought that was something that like I had to share with you guys. Cause it was mm. just super cool to experience. And Man, to that's so cool. When you yeah. have those moments, cause that's a first for her. She's obviously never experienced that wonderment. If we'll call it that. 
And it is a funny thing. Like, yeah, I, yeah, not, not to, yeah, I can't, I could definitely can't top that in stories of this week, but just like these group of teenage guys at this event on, you know, young lads and they're all mucking around, da, 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 like swearing, whatever. And like, I start to perform and they're like kind of watching, but by the end, they're like, they started following me around the event. They're like, like no effing way that just happened. Like, let me check the thing. And they're just like, no one was talking. They're just watching everything. It's funny how, you know, it's the one profession that, that creates wonder, you know, like not a lot of things give that feeling like in entertainment yeah. or in watching TV or whatever. Yeah. Like dumb. there's no definable way to react to magic. I get comments a lot of time on my videos when my like street audience isn't busting out into an ovation because they're mm. stunned silent. You know, it's like the magic's mm. so strong. They don't know how to react. And people are like, Oh yeah. man, that crowd doesn't know how to react. Right. I'm like, yeah, you're right. They don't because <laughs> you yeah. haven't experienced this kind of thing in life before. Uh, and and mm. sometimes you use cues to get that reaction, right. To get that. Ta-da. Absolutely. And like, I'm a type of guy that will demand applause and help people talk through it. And, and I can appreciate what they're doing is stunned silence. I say that, but I also express in my, my script when I perform it, I go like, Oh, like I'm getting a lot of this and I drop my jaw, but what I need is this. And I clap yeah. and I go, right. yeah. And I go, and I go, it just lets management know I'm doing a good job. Yep. It just lets the guy who's hired me letting, letting like I've done a good job. Right. Like if you guys read mm. the noise yeah. and what I used to say was, um, I, go, I, I used to go like, here's the deal. You either clap or you tip. What are you going to do? Everyone claps because nobody wants to tip. <laughs> and everyone this goes is in a, show, in a show setting, right? That's what this is. I mean, on the I'm street, also, I yeah. say this. I'm going to let the stun silence segue into a standing ovation. Oh. <laughs> uh, that's funny, man. Yeah. I'm sure you've got a story from the street you'd like to share with our audience. Tell us a story. Me, a story from the street? Well, a gig story. It's your turn. Well, I've been on vacation for the last couple of weeks. I don't have any real gig stories of note recently. What about, yeah, do you I'm get any street. weird stuff happening in your lives? Have I had anything weird happen in my lives? Usually is the answer. Yeah, I live in the <laughs> the Willy Wonka land of things never going the right way. Unless I'm doing very hard sleight of hand. That always seems to work out fine. Have you ever had a moment where like you've done a hat? Like I've done moments where I've had hats and people have cried or, or you know, people have run up and hugged me or, you know, like on the street where you've, you know, like, isn't there any sort of specific like hat lines or moments that people have come up to you and said, hey, and it's just stuck with you? Currently, No. <laughs> Ever, ever, it's okay. We're, we're here to archive the moments, Doug. You know what I'm thinking of is just, you know, how, how uh, my magic moment that recently has just enjoyed my anniversary with my wife. I did some learning. Uh, you know, I did. Uh, here's what I here's what I did that I love about magic. I spent time with magic books. I made a concerted effort to pack books, which I always do, but I don't always read them. I made an effort to read them. So happy I did. I've got many items bookmarked. I took some tricks that I haven't spent time with and things I wanted to level up and I accomplished those things. So for me, my stories of magic has been learning and making myself a better magician, I feel. Plus, I got to relax and enjoy a wonderful anniversary with my lovely bride, Aaron. Love you, Aaron. Please share. Well, please share with us, Doug. Look, what books were you 
did you have? So I took um, Nick DeFott's book, which I hadn't finished. There was a couple essays in that book. Uh, He wrote a book on comedy magic. If you're not familiar with Nick DeFott, Offbeat. And then a book I recently picked up, uh, David Acker's. Remember the title. I took the cover off the book when I brought it. Random Acts of Magic. This book is full of some great stuff. If you if you go through my copy, you'll find a few dog-eared pages in there. You can maybe see them. I just pinned back the corners. And you'll be seeing a couple of these items on shorts, I think, in the near future. But uh, there's Jay Sankey, Richard Sanders, Josh Jay stuff. And when I looked at the index of this book, I was astounded at how much material David Acker has published. It's like, I mean, it's like 20, 20-ish is that going to focus on that white paper? No, it's a page full. You can see it here of magic yeah. publications. I've only read one or two of his books. I loved every minute I spent with this one. Are there any outstanding effects that you could share with like what the, what those effects are that, that David's uh, produced? So one that comes to mind is the notion of this. I'm going to make this disappear. He, he says, that's the premise. I'm going to make this disappear. And the concept is that the words this transform into the words disappear. David did it via a bill switch. So he'd say, watch, I'm going to make this disappear. And on the bill is the word this. He folds up the bill and he unfolds it and it says disappear. So the words transform on the bill. I don't think it's a good trick on a bill switch, but I like the notion. That's interesting. Do you think that is stronger than a build change or is it good as a buildup or is it like good for that moment when you're not performing a show show, but casually you want to just do a thing that's like, okay. I don't think I'd put it in a show. Like, I don't think that's show worthy. I'm thinking of a short trick, you know, mm. I was thinking of using this thing actually, and maybe having the word this and say, I'm going to make this disappear and it instead of a mm. production it becomes a transformation something of that nature where it's instant and visual i mean that's what we needed these days is something quick and visual well i mean it's part of my job in- to make these videos just like you're kind of doing you know not even mm. a job it's just fun like you know today i had this idea with chrono force and i don't know if it was the greatest trick but i enjoyed the process of putting the, this uh you know little app into a new, a new idea and as long as it's fun, I'm gonna keep doing it. Tim asked an interesting question. You want to bring that up, Josh? Yeah, man, I can do that. There we go. Question is: Do you guys still get that feeling that I can't describe when you truly amaze someone, or are you always in performer mode? You if go first. I could. Yeah, if I could chime in. Okay, so I think of something where sometimes you achieve something like a watch steal. Something that's like super risky where you can get caught and mm. getting away with it by picking a pocket mm. or something of that effect. And there's a level of adrenaline that pumps through your body to achieve something like this. Um, you know, I do things like card under watch. In the early stages of your career, you get this like this adrenaline surge when you finally pull it off. Eventually, you do it so many times that the adrenaline rush doesn't hit you because you're a lot calmer about it. It's kind of like, I imagine like what a race car driver would feel like, you know what I mean? Like driving a car like super fast is probably like exhilarating to the average Joe. But for someone who is used to doing 200 mile an hour, it's probably like, oh, it's just what I do. It's like my thing. I'm always calm in this scenario, which is what you want. So 
it's this interesting dichotomy where you still experience the joy, but not to this, but not because of like overcoming the fears that it took to be able to achieve that. There's sometimes a certain level of courage you need to have to do an effect, to take that to that 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 leap or to have that um you know that that guess that you would sort of do in this Sherlock Holmes uh, deductive type of way but mm. when you can pull it off it's it's great but you just got to be brave enough to do it and yeah. and and right. the thing is what happens is you get to a point where it becomes comfortable and then you start going what else can i do to push it now how can i push myself out a little bit further to achieve it once again. That's what I experience. What about you guys? For me, if I jump in here, 100%, I know there are effects that will get a crazy reaction, but because they're not challenging enough for me, I can't let myself do them because after doing 100 events in the year or whatever, I'll know I'll feel dead inside. So I purposely do challenging magic for myself. That's why I do a lot of stack work in my, and you know, false shuffles and stuff in my gigs because like it's fucking hard <laughs> to do, but in the moment while entertaining someone and to nail it. So that keeps me like constantly going and in the moment. So I have to do that just so I don't forget what's happened, right? And so for me, when I hit on things, while doing something difficult, that's when I'm like, oh, yeah, I got this. But sometimes a lot of this stuff now, you're right. You're just kind of doing it. You're calm, cool, collected. Like coin under watch used to be a rush for me. Now it's just a part mm. of every coin routine I do with like, I don't care. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. that's going to happen. Yep, it's under there. Great. Move on to the next thing. Now I'll reveal it. Great. Yep. Blah, blah, blah. Then reacting will let me grab the other coin so I can do the next bit and whatever. And uh, yeah. I think that's what I love about this podcast because it makes me remember stuff to talk about. Like over the last two years, I've always like remembered stuff so I could tell it on the podcast, but it makes me remember it. And, um, but sometimes I'll still like, do you ever like I'll drive home or I'll lay in bed and just kind of go through like what happened at the event, like both always. good and bad, you know? Always. Um, yeah. But yeah. I will say they do become a bit of a blur in December when you're just banging out multiple gigs a day. Like yeah. there are definitely yeah. events where I've just gone, oh, I've already done that event. Oh, yeah. what Did I? Oh, yeah, I remember being there. Like, unfortunately, when you're doing just a mass amount, it's not good for you, but it does happen. But yeah. that's why my last line of this would be make sure you're doing stuff that pushes you every time. Don't get comfortable or that will happen more and more. Yeah. I will yeah. say to your point, Comfort is where the creativity will go to die. On that note, I try to bring something fresh to just about every event. You know, mm. even if it's just a new line or a new joke, it's usually a trick, a fresh trick that it's at least in my pocket as an option. Yeah. Knowing that I can perform this new piece is always a rush. Heck yeah. Yeah. So yeah when I'm with I the people, I always feel disappointed when I realize I'm going through the motions, when I catch myself just saying the words and I'm like, my audience deserves more than that, especially if you're you're a professional at an event. Well, let me follow up with that. Like, because how many times have you come prepared with a new effect, a new trick, a new something, and didn't do it? Because either one, you just didn't find the right moment, you weren't comfortable or confident enough to do it, or just 
were too scared. How many times has that happened? So, yeah, it's more often than not, actually, that this item gets used, right? And probably if I do use these things, it's later in the gig after I've uh, done my job yeah. well. And then I start bringing that out. But, you know, it always depends. And depends on the item, you know, if it's a self-worker. You can actually find those moments where, like, you've done a good job, right? And then you have that person that comes back to talk to you. They're really happy. And you know you're kind of in a safe spot to be like, hey, like, I don't do this normally at Geeks. But do you want to see someone I'm working yeah. on? And then under that premise, like, it's okay to try something that's not, like, you know, your A material. That's that's exactly how I'll bring new stuff into my into my yeah. routine. If it's, well, let me try. Like, that's a great, really great point. And let me share something that was taught to me by Teller. What he does is he does something called hammocking. And what he does is he has a good routine, something to practice, and a good routine. So you have two solid routines that can stand up and hammocked in between that, you know, is something that you're trying. So you have this comfort of knowing that you'll start strong. They'll enjoy that. Something that you can possibly needs look needs work or needs improving upon, but then you can end with something strong. So if you approach it in a three-phase type of way, it's a safer way to to try new material. And that was taught to me by our good friend Teller from Penn and Teller. Flex. What a flex. Ah, <laughs> uh, just flex city over here. Jeez. If I had a cap on, I'd throw it at you. I'd, I'd be like, cap. <laughs> That's great. Hey David, uh I so David did ask a question to any of you journal or note down reflections after a gig for me no but if it's a show like I will note down I don't write stuff down but I will mentally take notes of like how a stage show went if I should change the blocking or the order but yep. maybe not like the what happened at the at the thing I definitely do and I have um other social groups uh, magic social groups that I will like discuss certain matters with and I'm the type of guy that will go, this keeps happening and I don't know why. What am I doing mm. wrong? Who am I intimidating? Why are they, you know, like, why is the guy being like this and the chick's enjoying it so much? Like, how do I, you know, so there's certain things that I will perform and I'll go like, I am I want this to be the experience, but I'm getting a lot of negativity from men when I perform this piece and I'm not hitting on anyone. I'm not doing this, not doing that. Like, I'm trying to find ways to overleap that. And you just can't ignore moments and go, well, that's his problem. You got to, no, 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 no. It's not about that. You got to take a level of responsibility and be accountable for that, you know? So um, it's good to have a hive mind and people like in this chat or, you know, and, and befriend them and go like, what do you think I'm doing wrong? Or what do you like? And not have an ego about it because whether it's right or wrong, it's just good to get people's different points of view. People's points of view or theories are not gospel. It's not the bottom line. It's just that, Johnny Ace Palmer thinks about stuff this way. Doug Kahn thinks about stuff this way. And Tommy Wonder thinks about stuff this way. And I use all these influences and conversations to formulate my own opinion. That's a good way to go about doing magic. Unless Teller tells you, then it's like yeah, the gold on truth. And listen to, you shut up and listen to Teller. Mm. Tommy <laughs> Wonder too, you know. So You can't argue with him either, really. Well, let me push back on that by saying, you know, if anyone who's read Books of Wonder... You know, he says things like everybody wants to see magic. They just don't know it yet. My mentality is if they don't want to see magic, screw them. Go somewhere else. But it depends how backed off they are. Like if they're like, like, no, then fine. But if they're like, 
just kind of like, uh, sure. Then now you're going to really. Is that in the context of asking people if they want to see magic? Is that how that subject was addressed? I always ask for permission to perform. And the way I do it is I will approach a group, explain that it's my job to entertain folks and show you nice people some magic. And I say, is now a good time or am I interrupting important conversation? Some people just go, no, thanks. I was curious about the Tommy Wonder quote about. Like is the book in reference to asking people to see magic? Where does that frame of reference Mm. come from about if people want to see magic? Are you asking them? Do they want to see it? Because they won't know. They do. They just don't know. That's Doug, what I you better, think he's saying. You better pull out the book. We know you got it here. Look, we'll get to it next week. Let's we'll do homework. We'll talk. Let's right. have Tommy Wonder. Let's make a new segment. Tommy Wonder said. Put a pin in it. We'll come back to it. That's that's hilarious. Done. My goodness. So okay. What else is what else is happening in the world? In the world of magic? Yeah, what is is there a buzz around the Melbourne Magic Festival in Melbourne? Because like oh, to be honest, over here normally I see a whole bunch of stuff, um, but I haven't really seen much. Maybe your poster is the first thing I've seen about it. You're kidding me. Obviously, it's not marketed to Brisbane, but you know, what's the feel like over there? Well, I think that leading into it a couple of weeks um, out, it tends to go really nuts. And ultimately, what happens when it comes to the Magic Festival is we open the festivals by doing these galas in which everyone does like a five minute spot and that goes gangbusters from there. Like everyone will sit back, watch a gala, which is almost like an audition where you get to see everyone and people will just start making notes of like, Oh, we've got to see this person's show. We've got to see that person's show. So um, that's kind of how it goes down. We are having a, one of our monthly hangout sessions that I mentioned some while ago where we have the magicians at work. So there's a lot of people who are going to be trying out new material at Magicians at Work and obviously promoting their Magic Festival shows there as well. So people will be flyering and so forth. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, we also do like mail drops as well. Like we'll get boxes of like brochures with the with all the shows that are going to be going on. And I'll get boxes of it, walk around my neighborhood and go to all the apartments and just dump, you know, a whole bunch of um, pamphlets in there and so forth. So, yeah, it's... Um, as far as ticket sales goes or everything else, I haven't had a chance to catch up with Tim yet, but I will be catching up with him on Wednesday and I'll be reporting back next week on how that's all going to go. Hell yeah. I look yeah. forward to the update. Maybe we can get some kind of scoop at the festival while you're there to, to play like on the pod. That'd be pretty cool. Will you be recording this show? Of course you will, right? My show? Yeah. Maybe. 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 Yeah. Maybe mm. I think there's a lot of legalities and so forth that come with that. Now you've got to like tell people that you're recording or get permission and stuff. Mm. So I'll just make sure that's all well and good. But one of the most exciting things I have to make mention about the pod, uh, about the, uh, the magic festival is that we have an amazing lecturer coming and that lecturer is Mario Lopez. Woo. And oh my who, God. Yeah. And if anyone's familiar with Mario, Anyone's familiar with Mario's work, you just need to see his salt pour and burst into flames. And like, it's just like you just erupt with laughter. You just explode. He's just so great. So he'll be doing a lecture, which I'm really looking forward to because I love learning magic. So that is probably going to be my highlight. And I look forward to sort of sharing 
um, you know, that experience with our audience as well. That's crazy. I wonder how many That's of our crazy. listeners are actually going to be at the festival or popping in. Like that'd be great. Yeah, let us know. Let us know. Drop a comment because Ooh. it's it's always cool when you meet someone and they're you know you already have this kind of relationship. Like when you listen to the same stuff. Like whenever I meet someone who listens to Hamish and Andy the podcast, we're already a step above the just meeting someone point now. You know, like yeah. like a uh, Dash Magic who's in the chat here. He actually is on the tech team at QPAC, which is the biggest theater in Queensland. And it was unreal. When I went to perform Showman there, he came up and he's like, oh, man, you know, I'm a fan of the podcast. And I was like, that is ridiculous, bro. Like the fact that you've (laughs) somehow found your way to listening to us and you're here is like such a cool vibe. And now we instantly were like bros for that time, like, you know, and um, so hit him up. And again, if you're wearing one of these shirts, you get extra dabs from Nick. He might even buy you a beer, he told me. So I don't know. Yeah, why not? Especially yeah. if you're oh, under okay. 18. Yeah. So that'll happen. Two beers. Yeah. That's a good question. Like, have you, I mean, you've, you've been in this realm for a while. How many times do you get stopped and be like, oh, I've seen you on the, the TV. I've seen you on the something or other. Lots now. It's commonplace yeah. for me to be in public and get noticed, it, yeah. you know. An average, say I'm out street performing three hours, it might be half a dozen people. That's how often it happens. That's not too cool. much if I'm not in magician mood. What was that story? Didn't Weren't you in Vegas once and someone waited in the lobby or something? This is what when I story? knew I had made it. When there was someone waiting for me, it was on my wedding day, and someone was waiting for me to come back into the hotel because they knew I was going to be there. Doug, I was told a story about a Japanese magician who was such a fan of yours that they located you and waited for you at like the front of your home for you to like talk to them. Does this ring a bell? You might be confused. Bob possible. You know, he does get confused (laughs) as different races, but (laughs) Um, (laughs) he eventually did stay at Doug's house. Yeah. Pretty accessible. I don't recall that happening. No, <laughs> no. Maybe he just drugged Doug <laughs> and he has no <laughs> recollection house? of it now. I'm thinking of the international visitors I've had here. I don't recall. Um, they would travel but, all know, the way from Japan. I forget things. To, it's one of the things I do. Yeah. Just for an opportunity to meet you and, and to talk to you. Like I've heard, I've heard stories. Hmm. That must just be, you know, a sign of how famous Doug is now. You don't, you, you can't remember every interaction, Nick, you know? Oh yeah, I can't remember tomorrow. What I don't know what's going on in this. I don't know what's happening, bro. If you can remember tomorrow, you are a savant. Yes, that's me. I can just imagine Doug and Carrie. Can't remember this. tomorrow. Oh, man. God. <laughs> yeah, something, something. This is where I'm at, folks. Yeah. Well, it's you know. What do you think of this product? I bought a little magic, uh, a kid's magic kit, <laughs> and it came with a, a paddle stick, Dude, that's like a plastic, a, oh, a little listen. plastic. Lonnie huh? Sheffrey was telling me about this routine he does with the with this man. <clears throat> I saw him in Dallas. Oh, yeah? He said, Doug, let I me tell one. you about this bent penny trick I do with a paddle. It kills. It kills. So you carry a pocket full of bent pennies with this paddle. You reach in your pocket to get the paddle out, get the penny. You're like, look at my, and then you grab a penny from their ear, you know, and then you say, here, hold this. 
and you put the, you know, the old oh. switcheroo in their hand, put the paddle wow. away. He says it's what? a worker. And he said so Chad like, Long was doing it. So you're doing your thing, and then you're like, huh, uh, and you pull out a coin. Yeah. Yeah. So this is an interesting miser's um, idea. Huh. Dude. Screw All right. Forget about the podcast. Let's just discuss this for a second, gentlemen, <laughs> for our own use. <laughs> That's, that is an interesting let me tell approach. You about, let me tell you about Lonnie Chevry. This man knows real work. Okay. This guy yeah. knows. And for him to just randomly tell me that this trick kills, he had no reason to tell me this. This trick must kill. I'm telling you. Absolutely. Someone, someone listening to this, or maybe Josh with his green money paddle. <laughs> will be doing this for the rest of his life. But here's what he said. You're working in a hot environment. It's no mess, no fuss. You know, it's a pocket full of pennies and the paddle, right? And then you're leaving souvenirs at the table. So everyone gets a little something too. Boom. It's a worker. That's what genius. About? I love that. And and what about, just to take it in another direction, is there a way you can like get, so you go to the venue and maybe it's the, uh, Maybe not the straw folded up because that might be weird, but maybe there's like an object that, you know, is on every table or that's around the venue. I'll tell you, one of my favorites is Steve Mayhew's Carnation production. He comes up to the table and he says, oh, hello, I brought you a gift. And he takes a piece of flash paper out. It's a wadded up ball of paper. Here you go. It's trash, right? He goes, well, you don't like it? It's just trash, right? And then he lights it and it turns into a carnation. And then he splits the carnation in two. And he gives them to the ladies at the table. That's so he's great. got a pocket full of carnations, pocket full of flash paper, and he spreads love across the event. There's flowers everywhere, and it's a it's a great moment. Steve Mayhew, you're a genius. Wow, that's a that's a step up. Like when I when I do an event, a private event, or a, definitely a wedding, I'll take roses. I'll go buy live roses on my way to the gig, and I'll load mm. up two at a time. Um. Only, but I only produce one, like, you know, with flash paper. Um, uh, David Stone style, you know, it's like reach. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. Um, that's cool. So that's cool. That, but um, yeah, Nick, do you work with flowers these days? What are you just sort of, I mean, not really, maybe Holly Molly isn't really the place, but, you know, if you're in a, a wedding gig or something, are you rocking daffodils? No, no I uh, I have done some stuff because uh, I, I remember doing, um, uh, in, in my show, I had this very hilarious bit, um, ultimately based around the French kiss routine, which I, I don't do anymore. As I was saying that we sort of retiring routines. Um, and I did this really funny bit about like, um, you know, dating and whatever else. And I did this whole bit where like, I get someone up on stage and they get a microphone and I'm like, I, I create like a restaurant scene and I give them a menu, but the menu's got a script in it. And so like, we're having this back and forth as they're clearly reading from the script. And it's like, this very hilarious piece. And, Ultimately, it's like the my my date uh, spectator like coercing me to doing like a card trick, and so I do all that, and we do uh, like a French kiss routine and make it super funny. And I produce a rose in that process because it makes sense. Like on a date, you do the rose, bang, and away you go. But I think if anyone's great at producing roses, a good friend Apollo, one of the very awesome showmen, mm-hmm. you know, like that's <laughs> certainly like his bag. But uh, you know, I think that the, the the best way to do it is to do that um, that old Kevin James. Uh, floating, yeah, floating rose. baby, the floating rose, floating, floating rose routine. For the listeners who haven't seen it, look at at, at Kevin James floating rose, and um, you know I've seen Copperfield perform it. You know a meter from me in his show in Vegas, and it that's a proper 
a proper piece of magic right there. Um, and the methods yeah. just really clever and it really opens your eyes into thinking about like, Oh, sleight of hand is, is, you know, one thing, but using other parts of your body is another, like it's, that's a good yeah, moment. That tutorial on that subject is really eye-opening and the way that he animates that dollar to make it look alive and not look like it's hanging on string, you know, yeah. is worth your attention if you want to do that trick. Yeah. You know? I mean, the yeah. fact that Copperfield's still rocking it, you know? Oh, hey, yeah. Speaks yeah. plus. Absolutely. Did we, and Doug, did we talk about um, the cruise ship magician getting punched on stage for doing... French, French kiss? kiss? Yeah. I saw that video. Did we yeah, talk about he, he's, it? He's an Aussie guy too. Oh. I, I, yeah. Um, Do you guys- we don't have to go into, you know, him particularly, but just, I guess, the effect. Like, is it – I know because of the pandemic, it's sort of an effect that should be kind of retired, but do you feel like, you know, the way the routine is carried out is sort of a retired in the past routine now or is there still a place so for When it? I first saw it, I was like, what's this nonsense? Nobody wants to do that. Maybe some hot chicks and hot dudes. If you're a hot chick and a hot dude, and Nick, you could pull it off. Josh, you could too. Maybe when you had hair more than now. To ask a female to be in that situation in a modern environment, uh, maybe with friends, mm. but in a professional setting, no. And yeah. I don't see myself presenting this moment for me ever. Yeah. Yeah, and see, I, I was doing it in, in 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 my younger years, and even then, when I did it, I was very bashful because it's an uh, for those that who are un- kind of unsure what we're talking about right here. French kiss is an effect in which you have two signed playing cards. You, the magician, signs one, and the and uh, and you fold up your card and put it in your mouth, and and the spectator also signs their card, and they fold it and put it in their mouths, and then through the exchange of a kiss, um, I do it on the cheek. Um, because it's it's more gentlemanlike, and I'm also very bashful as, as as a character, and just around women in general. Let's be real about it. But um, I, uh, what will happen is, even though the cards are concealed in our mouths, they sign cards swap places in this effect. So I think that just in t- with times being what they are, with viruses being mm. one, and second, that's our friend Ben, and um, yeah, so it's kind of. See, that's not quite a cow <laughs> right to yeah. the kisser man yeah, yeah. that's yeah, a that lawsuit was- in the states that's- that made crazy news and, and you know there's a lot of speculation on you know obviously the guy's in the wrong like you, it's a show you don't like the guy's not trying to steal your wife but there may have i haven't seen the show but i know when people do this show uh this act there can be a lot of you know innuendos Look, I- and stuff building up to it that may tip the line to a drunk husband watching this on stage, you know? I've seen women perform this with where they chose a spectator, with a man, who is clearly on a date or with their wife, and I've seen women kiss these men on the mouth. Mm. And I'm like... The old cheek thing? No, literally just like... And and the whole room goes silent. Like, did she just... Do this. You got her number. <laughs> yes, but like, um, it's just kind of like I don't know, man. I think that anything that goes into that realm, you know, I, I had a friend of mine um, who was telling me that he does stuff where like he handcuffs people in his roving sets, 
as a gag. And I was <laughs> like, that's, that sounds pretty extreme for me. Like, I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to do that. Um, he can get away with it remarkably through his character, but it's just as far as like the risk factor, I'm not interested in taking risks to that effect anymore. Like my pickpocketing days are almost well and truly over and I miss it so much, but I've mm. had police reports against me going, oh, he's stolen rah, 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 rah. Mm. And it's like, bro, I'm the entertainment. It's what I'm hired to do. Yes, I gave you back your watch. Yes, I gave you back your wallet. No, I didn't skim your credit card. Like I've, and you know, and then you get, you get reprimanded and then like your agency goes, I can't book you until this police report goes away. And then you what? lose, it's not the first time. And now then that's then a gig story. Yeah. And then I can't perform for three weeks and three weeks. <laughs> like imagine, imagine everyone who, who works a nine to five or works period. Don't make a wage mm. for three weeks. Is it worth yeah. the risk? Is it worth it? Like, is my ego sort of at the point where like, I Sounds need like to my existence money. recently. Mm. Right? I mean, uh, yeah yeah can you hear my dogs in the background right yeah now? they're saying wrap it up josh they're telling me it's been an hour there. already what the hell are you doing <laughs> no i was gonna i mean i was gonna say what about the, the 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 female mentalist character on the purple rabbit that does a bloody trick with a butt plug you know <laughs> like that's pretty extreme you know get a guy on stage and he's like coloring in the butt plug picture and then she's like Look at matches. Like that's you know, there's obviously a lot more to the routine, but I need like to make notes on things I'm missing. But plug <laughs> magic. <laughs> but I knew everything. Doug, like that's definitely around, you know, Bob Possible can explain to you and, yeah, and explore maybe, but I've obviously led a sheltered magic life. I had no idea. Yeah. Well, look, as we wrap up this episode, I think, Nick, it's only fair that as the latest member of the, the podcast, you give us uh, your ending thoughts for today. The final word. Mm. Okay. Today's final word is just be good at magic and don't suck. Thanks for listening. It's time for us to disappear now. Disappear now. But we'll see you again on the next episode of The Magic Guys. 